Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. I'm Billy Embody, flying solo on today's edition of the pod, and we're going to talk a little bit about Joe Burrow uh, as he met with the media on Tuesday evening and talked a little bit about how much the offensive line has improved and also their improved uh, relationship uh, between the quarterbacks and the wide receivers entering year two uh, of his time on campus. He talked a little bit about how Justin Jefferson, not the only option for this team anymore, and, and kind of how he's grown that relationship with the wide receivers. So we're going to just hear directly from Joe, and then later on in the podcast, we're going to be joined by former LSU quarterback Josh Booty, who joins the podcast to talk a little bit about Joe Burrow's draft stock, LSU Texas, the entire season, and he's also got a really cool event uh, to share with you guys as LSU travels to uh, Austin for that game. There's an event on that Friday night he's going to tell you guys about that you should definitely check out if you hit Austin for that top 10 matchup between the Horns and the Tigers. Um, Jumping into Joe Burrow, met with the media for about six minutes on Tuesday evening after practice, and One of the things that he said that really stood out to a lot of people was right off the bat, or not right off the bat, towards the end of the interview, he was asked about the offensive line and their improvement. He ended up really lauding his offensive line, and mainly he talked about Lloyd Cushenberry and how he's been the glue, unsurprisingly, number 18, uh, for that offensive line. Um, And as they battled injuries through fall camp, whether it be Chase on Hines being out, uh, Damian Lewis missing time, City um, Charles missed a practice. I mean, it just kind of there's been nicks along the way, and then some of the younger um, offensive linemen went down as well. Lloyd's been the one that has really held that group together, which he called the most improved unit on this team. He talked about the work they put in the summer and just coming together to be that most improved unit on the team, and LSU needs it. They were worst in the SEC last year in sacks allowed, um, and certainly one that went through kind of some some growing pains, I would say, before the entire offense kind of hit its stride a little bit later on in the season. So uh, Joe Burrow really lauded his offensive linemen. And then the audio that I want to share with you guys is really uh, him going in-depth on his relationships with his wide receivers, and specifically Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Terrace Marshall, that trio that is really expected expected to be one of the best in the country this fall. Uh, what they did in the offseason to kind of come together and uh, really put together uh, this new offense because it's a lot more on timing. It's a lot more on uh, trusting each other and finding those, the, the as Joe put it, the depths um, and, and, and the certain uh, soft spots in those coverages and being able to trust that they'll be there and Joe Burrow will deliver the ball on time. So I'm going to share that audio with you right now. We'll wrap up this first part of the segment after that and then throw it right to Josh Booty and uh, myself talking about LSU uh, heading into 2019. You you targeted Justin, I think, more than twice as much as his other receiver last year. I think, what do you think led to that? What do you think caused that? Um, Well, he was our best receiver last year, quite honestly. And, you know, the offense was kind of tailored around getting him the ball a lot of the times. Um, and this year we're getting, we're going to be spreading the ball out a little more um, as far as just the concepts we have, five-man, six-man protections. Um, so we're going to get a lot of different people the ball this year. How, how much of that is also just kind of maybe gaining more trust with the other guys as well? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, 
as good as Terrace and Jamar were last year, they were still freshmen. Um, and so they took a while to grow, and you could see it at the end of the year. They kind of emerged as guys that could be the number one guy. And I think we have four or five number one guys on our team this year. With the wide receivers reading coverages and things like that now, how, how much has it changed just communication between you and them now that there's two levels of that on the field going on at once? Yeah, it's really changed. We have to, you know, after every period we come back and we talk about, hey, Justin, what did you see? Jamar, what did you see on this on this play against this coverage? You know, what leverage was he playing? Um, so that's really critical, the communication we have on the sideline. Do you feel like you're of one mind on the field there? Like how many options kind of go on at once? Yeah, I really think we are. Um, and that starts back in... January after after the bowl game, you start throwing with your guys, and you know that's when it really starts. And this is just kind of polishing up what you did in the off season. And yeah, they were saying yeah, you kind of have certain things you like and certain things you're kind of vocal about wanting from them. I guess what are some of those things? It depends on the depends on the play, depends on the coverage. Really, um, I don't really have a, a straight answer for you on that one. Um, every play, you know, I expect the guys to be at a certain spot at a certain time against a certain coverage. Um, so it's, they're not just out there, you know, running a hook. You know, that's that's not how our offense is built. You have to read the coverage, know your depth, and know the leverage of the of the defense when you're out there. Toward the end of the year, you guys got to a lot more explosive plays downfield. Do you feel like that's opened up in this new offense this year? Yeah, I think so. And I think <clears throat> we're going to be getting the ball out of our hands fast. And then when the defense sucks up, we're going to take shots over the top, and that's going to open up the run game. Um, so I think we're a multi-dimensional offense, is for sure. And that was Joe Burrow talking about uh, the offense and kind of where things stand as fall camp really winds down and they get into game prep for Georgia Southern. They'll uh, really get into that uh, later this week um, as it's competition uh, Tuesday and, and all of that. And, and the, the, the days of the week for LSU um, are back. So you can expect uh, things to kind of tighten down in terms of practice coverage for the Tigers. I know we're already uh, not – uh, going to have um, media availability in terms of practice on Thursday. They locked that down. Um, and then we'll get into normal game week next Monday, which is uh, really excited. I'm more than uh, ready to be back with uh, the college football season. But look, we're going to take a quick break from the podcast and then come back with our interview with Josh Booty. This is a quick reminder, though, to leave us a rating, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button to the Go 20. Go 24-7 podcast, and uh, share it with your friends. If you like the episode, feel free to, to shoot that link over to somebody and say, hey, give this a listen. We appreciate you guys, but for now, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come right back to our interview with Josh Booty. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake Kits. 
turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Joining me now on the podcast, former LSU quarterback, one of the uh, most prolific passers in Louisiana high school football history, former pro baseball player, pro football player, and now uh, talking plenty of football across the country, Josh Booty. Josh, thanks for jumping on the podcast with us today. Appreciate you taking a few minutes. Man, I appreciate you guys having me, and it's always fun to talk football this time of year with everything, uh, you know, starting up and, uh, and looking forward to the LSU season, of course, and all of football. So I'm, I'm excited, man. It's fun to talk to you. Well, I know we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about LSU Texas as we get closer. You've got a big event going on around that. But as you look at this LSU program, you've, you've been away from it now for a while, but watching it very closely, covering it, where do you mm-hmm. see th- this program and what Ed Ogeron has done kind of, you know, coming from, from where it's been under Nick Saban to Les Miles and, and now Ed Ogeron? Sure, you know that's a, a loaded question. I love I love Orgeron. I love his passion. I love the way he recruits. He's you know he's a famous famous recruiter. When you look at what he did at Miami, what he did at USC, what he's done in the past, and now at LSU, and and kind of how he's endeared himself to the culture of, of Baton Rouge and LSU football in the state of Louisiana, and he's. He's really wrapped his arms around recruiting even nationally. So I've, I've, I've enjoyed watching the progression of kind of where the program, I think, uh, could go with the, with the types of players. I mean, he calls it we've got athletes across the board. I mean, and they do. I think wide receiver group right now is their strongest position on the football team. He's, they've got to figure out ways to get those receivers the football uh, in space and on time, and I think that's – kind of Burrow's job this year is is coming back for that second year and and understanding what they've got to do to take that offense to the next level. They he's got to get the ball out, distribute the ball uh you know to all these playmakers and they've got to still have that good solid running game to to put themselves in good situations up and down the field throughout the season. So there's a lot going on, you know, uh a lot of hype. I think this is probably the most hyped LSU team they've had in the last eight, 10 years. And, and rightly so they've got a lot, a lot of great players, a lot of great young players that we've yet to see. I mean, you're talking about the running back, the freshman running back from Destran, um, uh, Emory, you talk about Stingley and something, some of these guys that haven't really stepped on the field. I can't wait to watch Chasen as he comes back this year off the injury. So there's a lot of good things happening. It's just, they've, they've got some huge key games. You mentioned the Texas game, uh, September 7th uh, that we're doing the event around. But, I mean, those are those are huge games, I mean, that they can make an, or, or break a season uh, early. And then you've got so many, you know, tough games throughout the schedule. Uh, you know, it's not going to be an easy road. And you mentioned all those receivers and, and some of those playmakers that are running back, having that strong running game uh, essential for the most part to, to winning a championship. But LSU this year going to go a little bit more up-tempo. Burrow's returning mm-hmm. for his second year. They add Joe Brady to the mix. 
what have you made of some of the the changes that they've made offensively entering entering his second year? Well, if you look back on the last few seasons, they haven't been in four and five wide receiver sets. They hadn't used the they hadn't used even a tight end in the past game much. I mean, I think they they've got to utilize. If you look at the greatest teams on the planet on planet Earth, and that's the uh, New England Patriots, uh, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers of the past. Uh, with all the weapons that some of these NFL teams can throw out there, Alabama last year uh, with two and, and the great start that they had the first eight or 10 ball games. I mean, they got the ball to so many playmakers. You see 10, 11 guys catching and running with the football. And I think LSU's got to spread that out. They've got to make defenses cover the whole field. And when you talk about defenses, you talk about the Alabamas and you know, the Texas A&Ms and the Floridas and the and Texas this year. I mean, and they've got so many big games. It's like you've got to be consistent in the pass game. You've got to be able to still run the football uh, and, and be able to get those, you know, short, the tough yards, you know, especially when you get in the red zone. But they've got to be able to open it up. And I, I know Burrow's talking a lot about, hey, we can score 40, 50, 60 points a game, and that's a bold statement. But they really have the horses – uh, to do some amazing things, they just haven't progressed. And maybe this is the year that we see them progress a little bit and start scoring uh, with that wide open style. And I know that's where they need to go uh, to get to the next level. You mentioned that you you think their wide receiving core is is really the best group on the team. That secondary is making quite the argument for for that. As well. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. What do you think about Delton <laughs> and Christian Fulton? Everybody back there. Oh, well, we've got athletes, like I mentioned, across the board, on really at every position. I, I think, uh, you know, when you look at the defensive backfield position, I mean, DBU, we've we've got so many players that, that make the jump to the NFL and do really well, and we've got another loaded defensive backfield. I think, you know, a lot of that starts with pressure up front, too, on defense, being able to play really good up front in the D-line position. I think championships are won. With, uh, you know, of course, you've got to have a good quarterback play, but I think the defensive line makes a huge difference in, on, on a ball club. And I think if, if LSU can dial it up on the defensive line, man, that makes those defensive backs' job a lot easier. And they can become playmakers back there, and they can become athletes. Because, you know, if you can't, if you can't get a good pass rush, you know, they've got to hold out a little longer, and they've got to play a, a little bit more sound on defense in the back, on the back end. I think so you know it all goes together but man with those athletes that we've got uh back there in the defensive backfield I mean, you got first rounders back there Del Pitt's one of the best best safeties in the game and will be at the next level so I mean, he's a surefire guy and and we've got cover corners uh as well that can play play the position you know at at, at, a, at the upper level so I mean I, I'm excited about watching them kind of come together as a unit this year, but but it, I think it still all comes down to can we put some real pressure, uh, you know, on, on the quarterback and on opposing offenses just up front, making those defensive backs' job a lot easier. Flipping back over to the offensive side of the ball, you you mentioned Burrow being back for his second year. Some people have, have kind of started to watch him as maybe a, a kind of a sleeper draft prospect. He's got the size. He's got some arm strength, uh, toughness. Uh, he's won uh, in his first year as a starter. And, and obviously the expectations are there for him to take that to the next level this year. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like his, his ceiling is, his draft stock 
um, heading into the 2019 season. Man, I feel I feel a whole lot better about you know about his senior year than I do his draft stock, and that's not to take a knock on him. I just think that you know, I've talked to scouts about him, and I've talked to quarterback coaches, and from a passer standpoint, uh, the even guys that were at the Manning Passing Academy, you know, said, you know what, he's not a great passer of the football but he's an unbelievable leader he's 6'4 215 he's heady he's a you know he he often plays much better than you know than his arm looks and I think the experience the learning curve between last year and this year having an offseason uh you know with the with the offense and the coordinator and Joe Brady the new passing game coordinator and the camaraderie with these receivers I think the, the sky is the limit and I think he might come out you know, like gangbusters, and, and I'm hoping they use those four wide receiver sets that they're talking about, and he can get the ball out of his hand. I think if he's got to drop back in a pro style set and try to make plays by himself, you know, in a in kind of a uh, in that world, he'll have trouble. But if he can get the ball out and get the ball to the receivers and let them take over and, and just kind of craft it like that, I think that he can be he can have a really really good year. I don't think he's going to fly up the draft board just draft board just because of what I'm hearing from scouts that he's you know he doesn't throw the ball as well as some of the other guys in college football but I do think he's he's an extraordinary leader and and he's given us a guy that can you know can can win a national championship if you really look back at the guys that won national championships at LSU they're guys that played on first of all great teams and had great players around him but they just don't they didn't make mistakes they didn't turn the ball over and uh, they got the ball to the right people and I'm talking about you know Matt Mock and Matt Flynn and, and they did a great job at that position. You, you talk about Joe Burrow being able to lead LSU to a national championship. Do you feel like this team can break through that wall and, and beat Alabama? And obviously it starts at week two at Texas. But do you see this as a team that has a legit argument and, and, and can play up to the level that they're expected to this fall? Well, you know, I think they've got to learn how to play from behind because at certain parts of the year, they're going to have to play from behind. And, and I think that's what the fan base and, and Orgeron and everybody has been concerned about this offseason is, is, okay, you know, if we get down, which they've lost eight straight games to Alabama, if we get down or if we, you know, we go on the road to Texas and if we get down or, um, you know, in some of these big games, you know, if we get down, can we come back when we have to? Can we throw when we have to throw? Can we move the chains when we have to? you know, go down the field throwing the football. We haven't been able to do that and consistently do that. And and I think that when we can do that, we can call ourselves contenders. And until we can show that and play from behind in, in fourth quarter, be down seven, go down the field in a two-minute drill and go down and score throwing the football, I think that's when the fans are going to wake up and the coaching staff's going to wake up and, and realize that we can, you know, we can play at that next level. I think that's what it's going to take because – no team just goes wire to wire up the whole time. You know, it's not going to happen. You're going to have these rough games where you start slow or you have a turnover or two and you got to play from behind. And we've got to figure out a way to play from behind, throwing the football, moving the chains, getting the ball to the receivers on time and accurate and going down the field. We have never been able to do that. And I think that's going to be the difference in, you know, us being a contender and us kind of being on the outside looking in. So we're not going to go game by game, but uh, I'll put you on the spot. What's your feel for how things 
play out this year? Uh, where where do you kind of see the Tigers finishing? You know, I, I, I see them. Uh, well, it, you know, it all depends on the health of the of the players, and and of course Burrow and the and and the guys that are real impact players. Um, I think the offensive line. I mean, we would turn four guys. You know, I don't think any of them are top draft pick guys, but uh, if they can work together as a solid unit, then it gives us a real chance against most everybody we play. I think, you know, we've got four or five games that are going to be really tough. You got to go to UT and play a top 10 team. You got, you know, Florida coming into the house, which, uh, which is an advantage us. Um, you know, LSU at Mississippi State's not going to be an easy game. Starkville's not an easy place. Um, you know, I like our chances against Auburn at home. LSU at Bama is going to be the toughest game on our schedule by far because they're as talented and as hungry as they probably have ever been coming off that embarrassing loss to Clemson. Um, and Saban always makes it a point to play well against LSU. We've scored 10 points in the last three games combined versus the, the Tide. So I think those are things that we've got to be able to – uh, you know, we could we could win them all, lose it, lose close to Alabama uh, at Alabama being a road game and still get in the playoffs. And I hope that's what happens. But some of these games are going to be very tough. The A&M game at home, uh, we're going to be favored in probably if we're not if we're healthy. And, uh, you know, but that's going to be a very hard one uh, going up against Jimbo. And we saw that last year. So I think there's four or five games that could go either way. I think we'll have one or two losses at the end of the regular season. Well, that would be uh, just a slight improvement from, from 2018. So we'll, we'll see how things play out. LSU uh, expected to face five ranked teams in the top 16 on the preseason AP poll. So a tough road ahead for LSU. It starts at week two in Austin. Uh, one, what do you think uh, about that uh, about that game and, and how it plays out? And then, and then we'll talk about your event. Well, yeah, defensively, I think we're better than Texas. I, I think – We've got a lot of starters coming back. Texas only has three or four guys on defense. I think, you know, LSU has so much speed at the wide receiver position. Like I said, if Burrow can get the ball to the wide receivers, I think it can become a, uh, you know, advantage us. Uh, Texas has great receivers too, and Ellinger is, I think, even an upper, uh, a, 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 an upper echelon quarterback compared to Burrow. I mean, I think Ellinger is a top three or four quarterback in, in college football. And he, he gets a lot done with his legs. I saw him play live a couple of times last year and was very impressed. And he kind of, uh, kind of came into his own. So I think Ellinger is, is going to be a, is going to be tough to stop because he, he's like, you know, a Tebow that can throw a little bit better. And so, you know, he's going to move the chains with his legs. He's going to move the chains with his legs and he's going to come at you with, you know, some deep balls and they've got some deep, wide receiver threats, some tall guys out on the perimeter that can hurt you. So, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit more worried about Texas and their offense than I am their defense. I think we can totally hang in there, uh, you know, on the defensive side of the ball as opposed to the offensive side of the ball against him. I just – I think it's going to be one of those close games. It's going to be a field goal game, and, and hopefully LSU can pull it out. But Texas is – Texas is hungry as well, and they – and Tom Herman's a great football coach, and – and uh, you know, great fan base. So this one's going to be one for the ages. I hope. Yeah, we are too. I mean, expecting an incredible atmosphere, incredible game out of that one. Uh, two teams that played in the New Year's Six last year and and uh, won both games. Two two programs trending up, and uh, it's going to be a fun one in Austin. Uh, the night before that matchup, you've got something fun going on 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 Sixth Street at WTF. Uh, Ice House, is that it? What, what, tell us about the event that, that you and, and some Longhorns are putting together. 
Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm doing an official former player event uh, with the fans and with Longhorn Network on uh, West 6th Street, which is, of course, the famous street there in Austin. And uh, the, the, the event venue is uh, WTF Ice House, which is, like I said, on West 6th. And we're doing uh, we're going live uh, with the Longhorn Network from 3 to 7 uh, on Friday, September 6th from 5 to 7 we're having former players come in and with the host of the network uh, from both schools, LSU and Texas, uh, sit down and talk football and talk about the game. And we've got some real legends coming in from both schools. So we're super excited about that. We've got DJs and after, and we've got, we've got, uh, you know, of course, amazing sponsors that we're securing right now for the event. So it should be fun. I mean, on just a regular Friday night at that, that venue they get you know thousands of people but to have uh this going on as well with the media truck and step and repeats out front this thing could be really fun and uh, we expect to have two or three thousand people there so it's going to be a fun atmosphere and of course austin uh and sixth street's going to be buzzing for the game the next night yeah no doubt sixth street rainy street wherever you go in austin that weekend it's going to be packed with uh, tiger fans and always uh longhorn fans that's going to be a fun one we can follow you on uh, Twitter at Josh Booty Ten. You'll tweet out some some uh, links, you know, to more information and everything as as you guys get it set up. Sure, I mean, I'll have, of course, uh, at Josh Booty Ten Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'll have all the flyer information with, you know, people involved uh, as we kind of get this thing ready to go. And we've got two or three weeks from now, so uh, you know, it's cranking up, and we're super excited about the football year, but. This LSU at Texas is going to be wonderful. And then next year, they got to come to us. So Texas has to travel to Baton Rouge, and that's going to be unbelievable to host the Longhorns in Tiger Stadium. No doubt about that. Josh, we appreciate your time on the podcast today. Thanks for taking a few minutes with us. Enjoy the party in Austin. (laughs) Thank you. Stop by if you're in town. We'd love to see you. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Uh, Thanks for listening to us on the Go 24-7 podcast, everybody. Josh, thanks for joining us, and hope everyone has a great rest of the week.